All right, turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we'll look at uh, the eight verses starting in verse 105. So God says about his word that he's magnified it above all his name. So we want to exalt it this morning, want to hold it up. We want to twist it eight different times and see eight different little refractions of light. We want to amplify its value in our life. We want to appreciate it more. We want to meditate on it. So that's our goal. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always even unto the end. Amen. Guess what? If you haven't noticed, it's dark outside. It's getting darker. The world is dark. Yep. At best, it's foolish, strange, confused, and misguided. Right. On average, it's unreasonable, perverse, and twisted, and more so today than yesterday. At worst, it's wicked, destructive, and malicious toward all things holy and Christian. Yes. We need a light. What is your source of light, direction, guidance, stability? Is it a survey of your friends at work or at school of their opinions? Is it CNN's most recent prognosis? Is it the most popular religious idea at the moment? Maybe from China? A lot of really interesting things come out of China these days. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Consider this from Isaiah 33, perhaps a good mantelpiece verse. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Amen. Each man should use the Word of God carefully, personally, practically, and habitually so he can see his way and the way of his family and see what lies in his way. In a world such as David's without street lights, iPhone lights, and headlights, perhaps we could better appreciate the benefit of a light. We have one. The Word of God should be our stability. Verse 106, I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Having seen and understood the value of the light of God's word, David now firmly makes up his mind and resolves that for him there is no other source of wisdom and light. He mistrusts even his own heart in the matter, and he resolves he will take God's decisions and determinations and values for his own. God's word answers the great moral dilemmas and questions for us. It answers our source and our end. It answers the why. 
so we can also trust it to tell us the what and the how. Now, swearing is a sober thing in Scripture. Insomuch that Jesus, in correcting the Pharisees' abuse of it, said not to do it. However, God does it, David did it, Paul did it, a bunch of other holy men in Scripture did it. So we do it carefully and in the right times. This is a great time to do it. I urge all of us to soberly, intentionally consider the source of stability and wisdom in our life and then resolve to take the Word of God as our only source and foundation. Let's swear to God in this matter. I enjoin us that we should do it soberly, deliberately, and also cheerfully. You may also consider putting in writing. David did. So let's swear that we'll take his word as our source of stability and foundation. Verse 107, I am afflicted very much. That's a typical thing for Christians, by the way. If you haven't noticed, that's a pretty standard way of God's dealing with Christians. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. In David's life, it sometimes seemed that the more obedient he was, the more afflicted he was. That's not always the case, but, but it could be true. The point is, it's not an unusual thing. Fortunately, the Word of God defines for us and describes for us the four main reasons that negative things happen to Christians. One of my favorite practical sermons of all time. That's the Word of God for you. It tells you why bad stuff happens and what to do about it. It's in His Word. Verse 108, Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth. Remember a sermon about uh, give, give the Lord a onesie, if you will. What can you do one more than you did yesterday? Right. One more this week, one more this year. Uh, free will offerings. You know, it's free grace that saved us. God didn't have to. So it makes sense that he's asking yes. for a free will offering of praise right. from our mouth. He doesn't extort it. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. Of course he could. <clears throat> he asked for it. He gives us the opportunity for it. Let's give him a free will offering of thanks and praise. Amen. Verse 109, my soul is continually in my hand. This figure of speech means he's in great danger. And the Bible uses that three or four times to describe at any second I feel like I could die. And we use it even today. Take my life in my own hands across the street or something. We, we say right. stuff like that. But whose hand are we really in? Is it my hand or is it God's hand? Right. How's this verse? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. From Isaiah 49. Now, verse 110. The wicked have laid a snare for me. The safety of our souls is of incredible and utmost importance to God and should be to us. The safety of your soul is something the Bible is very concerned with. The health and prosperity and stability of your soul. The writers of Scripture, like Paul, spent a great deal of time focused on it, on the idea of keeping our, whole, our soul healthy and safe and guarded and prosperous. Your spiritual life is fraught with danger. Today, in America, we're not attacked physically, right? But our soul is constantly under attack. Our spiritual life is the scene of constant danger. Great battles in the angelic world, if we believe the record of Scripture, are fought, won, or lost over the safety of your soul. Cunning spirits use wicked men and actively design traps for your soul. Keep your eyes open. David purposed not to err from his precepts. Stay near to God's word. Do not err from the light. 
Don't be deterred from following it. Don't run in front of it and don't stray far from it. The fowler is spreading nets for your soul. False doctrines, false accusations, flattery, temptation, snakes in the grass, it's out there. Use the light of God's word as your stability and light. Right. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. Verse 111, thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage. Yes. God chose, I mean, David chose God's words for his lot and his inheritance. It was his portion. He did this because of their value, their worth, their usefulness, their reward, and because they rejoiced his heart. In the last verse, he inclined his heart to perform thy statutes always. I think of like a metal, I don't know, metal rod or something like that that's bent in the wrong direction. You've got to fit it in the right hole this way. He grabs that thing and he yanks it and he applies strength and he bends his heart in the right yes. direction. Yes, Amen. It's like a bullock unaccustomed to the yoke. You know, you're trying to break him. You grab that thing by the horns and you wrestle it in the right direction and you get on top of it and you're using every sinew and every fiber of strength in your spirit to wrestle that mind and that heart in the right direction that you want it to go. Now, a few verses earlier in, in verse 36, it's a prayer. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness, as David said. So which one's true, right? Is it God doing it or is us doing it? Well, yes, Philippians 2.12 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God started it. He's provided the platform, the foundation, and the tools. Now grab that metal rod and grab that bullock and bend it in the way that it should go. Fortunately, David describes to us how he did that. He intentionally took and bent his heart he set his heart on things above. Right. He set his mind on musing on Scripture with a nod to Brother Newell Wednesday. He thought about practicing godliness. He meditated on it. He studied that thing. He prayed about it, and he thought about it a lot. That's how you set your mind and set your heart Amen. on the direction of Scripture and the direction of uh, the Word of God. He deleted thoughts that were contrary with a nod to Brother Jim on managing your thoughts, your thought life like an email inbox. He deleted thoughts that were contrary to it. Right. He removed forces that were bending his heart in the opposite direction. He had a filter on his thoughts. Amen. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, any virtue and any praise, think on these things. Yes. Amen. May God bless us to be intentional about the safety, the stability, and the direction of our minds and souls, dedicated in the pursuit of his word, and steadfast and resolute in holding fast to these things. It is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. Amen. Amen. Amen.